0: Aloha, Katie Friedman here. Professionally, I'm an ophthalmic consultant, dispensing optician, and an emerging podcaster. Throughout over 35 years' experience fitting spectacles and contact lenses, working back office for ophthalmologists, managing optometric practices, teaching optical technology, and lecturing nationally, I've seen clever, easy, and very effective ways to increase revenue for a doctor's practice. Welcome to Eyes on Profits. Aloha, Katie here with another fabulous podcast for eye care professionals. Today I'm talking about leveraging your time in 15 minute segments. You have a fabulous practice. Hopefully you have a fabulous life outside the office. For some of you, your identity may be the office, i get it i've been there not only physically working all hours but also taking it home and with me in the day and at night you don't have to be locked into your work locking uh others out unless you really want to really there is life beyond the office in this episode I will be discussing ways to work with your staff so everyone can leave the office in a timely manner without the pain of that one more thing that lives rent-free in your head as you drive home also tips for knowing if you are profiting profiting as in leveraging the resources from your employees are they making you look like a superstar there are several books on time management that all have great working systems. Really, really, one condition. Uh, Not only do you have to read the book, but one has to implement the principles in the book, too. (laughs) Isn't that life? We learn a nugget of information, and if it's not implemented that day, then the nugget becomes dust. Maybe not for you, but sometimes that's what happens for me. Back to the office. Once the computers are turned on, each person has their routine. The receptionist prints out the morning schedule and posts it in the preferred manner for that office. I've worked in offices where the receptionist prints out the schedule the night before, trams it down into minimal rectangles, and posts it in the front of each station, compared to those offices where the schedules are just handed to the doctor. The more doctors, the more fine tuned the process. The key is, getting it done prior to the first patient arriving for their appointment. There is always the occasional patient who arrives 45 minutes early to the appointment and there are receptionists who get stuck in traffic arriving a bit late. Those are the moments of offering water to the patient while they wait. It becomes awkward to offer coffee when the coffee machine also needs to be plugged in and turned on for the day. (laughs) Insurance verification is another item that can be done the day prior to the patient's appointment. Or morning prior to the patient arriving into the office. I've seen it done both ways. Um, the person in charge of that day did what worked for um, their office. In Dr. F's office, the lead front desk person who collected the copays and scheduled the follow-up visits, she preferred verifying insurance the day before the patient visit. When she had a lull between patients, she asked the insurance providers um, she called them up, did whatever needed to be done, and began checking off what was needed um, for, for that, that day for, for each patient. Sometimes in the middle of the day, she would be done. I asked her why she began cleaning up about an hour before closing. She explained to me that her system was so routine that once all her calls were complete, that the next thing on her list was to prepare to leave the office. That is how she was able to leave the moment the second hand reached the top of the hour and she was out of the office. She knew it needed to be done, um, not only for that day, but what needed to be done for the next day and what could be done tomorrow. um, And could only be done that next day. What I experienced in those busy, weird and non-routine days, she did as much as she could for the next day and made a mark on her patient list. Still, she began cleaning up for the day such that she would be able to leave the office on time. In those rare occasions, she came to work the next day and immediately began completing the items on that list, then continued with her routine. This day before system is in contrast to Dr. C's office. The one person receptionist printed out her schedule and called insurance companies that morning for copay information. She, too, was always prepared prior to the patient arriving for their appointment. What happens when there is no system? I sat in an office waiting room observing two receptionists while waiting for my appointment with their optician. I observed a patient leaving the back office, stopping at the front desk, ready with his his checkbook open and pin in hand. He asked how much he owed for the office visit. The receptionist said, Ah, don't worry, we'll bill you. He was a seniorly gentleman, somewhere between 80 and a hundred and twenty years old, saying he didn't want to wait for the bill. He wanted to take care of it now. The young woman looked <laughs> like like she uh um oh how do you say it looked like she you know she was young. She that she had this job to supplement her schooling. Uh so she said uh okay uh to the to the the guy don't worry about it uh once the insurance companies have paid their portion then then you could pay the bill uh, at that time the patient persisted he said he always pays his copay and didn't understand why he couldn't pay now then she finally admitted that she didn't know how much he owed that day bam lost revenue even if it's 10 15 or 30 dollars It's income that will not be recorded that day from that patient. Plus, the patient possibly lost a little respect for that office and maybe the new doctor due to lack of efficiency. I still wonder how much revenue profits were lost that day, month, or hmm, yeah, you get the idea. How many of you are cringing at the thought of this? (laughs) If you're not, why not? Hmm. Let's talk about it. Contact me at Katie at five star eye care dot com. That's Katie with a K A T I E at the number five star eye care dot com. Back to leveraging your assets. Remember, the doctor profits from the money the receptionist or the person at the front desk, whatever their title, brings into the office and the time she takes to make that part of the office the front office run efficiently. Next is the doctor's assistant. This person or these people prepped exam rooms at the beginning of the day, perform needed tests as recommended by the doctor, and closes down the rooms at the end of the day. Ah yeah 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 we all know there's more to that job and I've just taken the liberty to narrow the tasks into those segments. The instruments are uncovered, the equipment turned on, the supplies at each station checked, ensuring that they're all filled in an order. There is nothing more time-consuming than not finding fluorescein strips in the middle of an eye exam or looking in all the drawers for a testing item. As an example, I worked for a doctor who liked his prescription pads in a specific order. He had two lanes, and both lanes were... uh, they They just needed to be identical. One day two of the prescription pads were accidentally switched. The doctor threw the stand and the prescription pads at the tech to let her know how dissatisfied he was at her incompetency. Needless to say, they both had a challenging remainder of the day. Just last month, I observed another interesting example when I was assisting a healthy friend over 80 years old at her ophthalmology appointment. I'll refer to her as Anne. During a Saturday evening dinner get-together, Anne shared that um, the, the prior morning she was experiencing some blindness and fuzziness in a specific area of her vision. I recommended she call her ophthalmologist immediately. I drove Anne to her appointment the next day. During the exam, the doctor looked in every drawer for something. Later to learn, it was an Ishihara color plate book. The doctor excused herself and returned a few minutes later. And the doctor returned with the book, then tested Ann. The doctor got up and returned the book to someone outside the room. I had some questions regarding why Ann underwent th- that test, and the doctor explained it to me. Ann had a visual field confirming the diagnosis of anterior ischemic optic neuropathy. A week later, I asked my friend what she thought of the doctor leaving the room to find a special testing book, then left after the testing. My friend thought it was weird, but she felt the doctor was very competent, making the point that sometimes stuff like that just doesn't matter. Maybe if Anne was alone in the room, it would have had a, more of an impact on her. And maybe not. Patients see things differently than outsiders, and it's really all about the patient anyway. My thought on specialty items is that for items not part of the routine exam, Uh, let the doctor know where the testing items are located. When new employees come on board, let that person know where the specialty items are kept. Maybe an easy way to find would be using a reference book or a guide in the computer or both. Next, the optician. For the solo optician, we know the morning is the best time to maximize admin duties because their patient often arrives about a half hour after the first exam begins. This is in sharp contrast to the receptionist who is able to get their admin duties done at the end of the day after the last person has checked in for that appointment. Once a patient arrives into the optical dispensary, uh, like I alluded to, about a half hour after the first exam, the um, precious moments between patients begins. Depending on the complexity of the office, Time is dedicated to each person in selecting a frame or frames, taking measurements, discussing lens options, and insurance copay considerations. I'm going to take another quick detour here because knowing your patients sets the stage for one's optical process. One time when I went um, into an ophthalmology office for an interview, I observed the following. First, a rack containing frames bridged the waiting room, and the receptionist area. Once the patient was done with their exam, the receptionist asked the patient to select a frame from the board and bring it to them. Next, the receptionist measured the PD with the reflex pupilometer and measured the bifocal seg height with a millimeter ruler um, as they were separated by a three-foot counter. The patient paid her copay and left. This is an example of no optician, no sales upgrade, just an efficient get it done operation. For their business model, for their current patient clientele, it meant no extra billing step or anything. The patient name, frame, and prescription information were put directly onto the lab prescription paperwork by the receptionist. The top copy wrapped up the frame and was tossed into the lab paperwork bin. The middle copy was put into the patient's chart and the bottom copy was given to the patient. If the patient wanted anti-reflective coating, it wasn't an option that that office offered because there was no optician to pitch that sale. Back to the solo optician. Pitching premium products takes time. Sharing features and sizzling the benefits need to be explained, the cost differential discussed and insurance cost savings validated. Depending on the patient's personality type, some sales are easier to explain than others. From an outsider's perspective, the time with each patient during this sale may look like the optician is wasting time with each patient. What I want, what I experienced um, <laughs> with patients in Hawaii is that they like to talk story. That's what they call it, talk story before making a financial commitment. This is in sharp contrast to the California New Yorkers, where people are so busy, they want to get the job done and leave. There are probably a lot of gray zones of patients' sales patients styles across the country and internationally. When talking with fellow opticians at international conferences, the reality is matching the physical office space with a doctor's philosophy is of key importance. There are shoppers, those who, uh, who just want to know and understand their options. Some just want the best and just give it to them. And those who need to balance their premium products with their pocketbooks in optical dispensaries with two or more opticians the dynamics allows for more flexibility in the systems and productivity in contrast to the solo optician who needs to get the insurance verified insurance billed daily sales data entry lab orders entered into the into the computer prescriptions verified when received patients notified patients dispensing scheduled Prescriptions dispensed, collecting the balance of the order, dispensing recorded, and any paperwork filed. The work area, clean daily. (sighs) With another person or people, tag-teaming enhances patient flow and admin work completed in a daily, timely manner. Doctors, do you know what your staff does? Besides their job description, have you ever just sat and watched them in action? Hold hold on to that thought. Depending on where the optical dispensary is located, I could often observe the receptionist in action. Sometimes while waiting to consult with a doctor regarding a prescription or something, I would just observe the back office staff. This is what I noticed in just 15 minutes. Receptionist with calm voices often had long periods between talking, between them talking. Wearing headphones, they could still engage with the person in front of them, yet still engaged at listening to the person on the phone. This is in contrast to the receptionist who doesn't acknowledge the person standing in front of them while talking on the phone. Receptionists who don't look up to engage with with the patient aggravates that patient standing in front of them. Back office assistants and techs always finish before everyone else in the office, so that is the best time for them to complete their admin work, clean the rooms, cover the equipment, and take a well-deserved deep breath. Back office assistants and techs can easily restock supplies in the exam rooms, file loose lenses, and follow-up with unanswered pharmaceutical questions, requests, throughout the day as well as at the end of the day. Opticians are the last to leave the office, so rely on getting their admin and insurance verified work done early. Opticians are salespeople, so need to balance patient customer sales time with office time sensitive results. Or in an outsider's perspective, don't take too long with each patient. By observing an employee. And not engaging with them just watching what they do and how they do it allows one insight into how that employee is serving that doctor yes serving the doctor or the owner's business recall doctors in the wild west uh, in those television shows um they were their own receptionists and bookkeepers we are well beyond those times we are in the age of ai assisting us with scheduling and assisting in surgery. The employee sees their job as an opportunity for a paycheck and benefits like health insurance. Let's look at a different perspective, the doctor's perspective. The doctor or someone representing the doctor hires a person to perform a specific task for the office. That person represents the office, the identity of the office. A great example of that is um when people wear a uniform or a golf shirt with a logo on it. Not any logo, the doctor's office logo. How does the doctor know if his or her efforts are being leveraged by the employees? The profit and loss statement given to him or her monthly? Even if the doctor has an office manager, I recommend you watch the employee do their work uninterrupted for 15 minutes. That is all that is needed. No engagement, just observe. While observing an optician at the mall, I heard a new approach to promoting a feature. I observed the customer. They were both engaged in the conversation. I was invisible. That is the best way to know how each employee is working for your business. On paper, the numbers may look dismal or fantastic and Do you know what the employee is saying to your patients? That doctor is wonderful. The doctor's results are the best. The doctor's the smartest person I ever met. The doctor's surgeries are amazing. I know because I work with the prescriptions afterwards. Or do the employees say nothing? You and I both know This is often the case because those employees are primarily thinking of themselves. It's the old saying, who do you look for in a photo? (laughs) Yourself, of course. Now I ask you, at the end of the day, do you fly out of the office as if you're dancing on a cloud? Or drag yourself out because it's dark outside and it's time to leave? We all make our own choices. If you're an optometrist working for an ophthalmologist, how do you assess your contribution to your success and the surgeon's success? The ophthalmologist hired you to take the responsibility of refracting his or her patients, not your patients. You are fitting the ophthalmologist's patients with contact lenses. Sure, the patient calls you their doctor and you are their doctor and it's that performance that makes the doctor look fabulous for their boss. They are not your patients unless you own a percentage of the business. Doctor, you are an employee. Your prescriptions, filled by the opticians, are a function of the overall practice. Once you leave that office, The doctor keeps those patients you have been seeing. The ophthalmologist owner or owners owns the patient list. There is a saying teamwork makes the dream work. How that team works determines how the dream looks. I ask, who's dreaming? There are two, actually, let me rephrase that. Whose dream? Whose dream? There are two ways to uh, assess a doctor's office profit. Money and time. One can see the statistics or financial profitability. It's on paper or on the computer. One can make mental notes by watching their employees for only 15 minutes to see how the doctor's time is being leveraged by the employee on that job. Time is a precious commodity. The older we get, the more we feel how precious time is as a commodity. Time we spend with loved ones. Time, quality time spent with children, grandchildren, and family. Time spent participating in life. Hiking, swimming, dancing, painting, golfing, or whatever you like to do. In the 2011 movie, In Time, Justin Timberlake's character loses his mother, because the time clock on her arm ran out of time. His character was gifted time by somebody wealthy with time. That character just gave up on living. Justin's character spends the remainder of the story learning how to navigate life with his abundance of time displayed on his arm. As he navigates the maze of his new time management, he learns about leveraging This new asset. In the movie, the aging process ends at 25 years old and the time clock begins. As you may recall from the first couple of podcasts, I've been in the ophthalmic industry since the late 1970s. I participated in many roles within different types of offices and I'm now expanding what I began back in the 1980s. Armed with knowledge and lots of skills, I'm leveraging my experience by giving back to the community by working with those people who have their eyes on profits. For those listening to this podcast, I offer a free 30-minute consultation with you regarding your eye care practice. Write me a note at Katie at five star eye care dot com. That's Katie with a K A T I E at the number five star eye care dot com. Comment that you listened to the Leveraging Your Time podcast, and you would like to take advantage of the free 30-minute consultation for your practice. Also, if you like this podcast and felt it offered value to you or your practice, share it with a fellow physician. In the next episode, I'll be discussing the process of building your tribe, your office family or staff, patients and profits. Until then, make it a great day. Aloha.